everybody. Welcome to another edition of The Lotus Side of Serial Killers here on the Boom Bastic Media Network. I am your host, Keith Rovere. I'm an author and collector of true crime art and memorabilia and your humble host for this evening. Uh, I want to thank everybody for joining me. Uh, all your support, obviously. Uh, find, find me on all the social media sites. Give a like, a subscription, a retweet, all that good stuff. Share in the stories and keep promoting The Lighter Side of Serial Killer. Doing very well uh, and growing every day. So I appreciate it. Uh, last night, I got to see Dr. Scott Bond, who was on a, an earlier episode of my podcast. Uh, he had a one-man show at the Keswick Theater outside of Philadelphia. Uh, I think in Glenside is the official town. Uh, what a great show. I uh, basically just said everything he said that was on the podcast. Um, he went a little bit deeper uh, with my questions. Uh, but it was great. It's great to see him. Uh, great to see him live. I got to hang out a little after the show with him, uh, which was cool. Um, if he's going to do a, you know, five or six cities, uh, if all goes well next year, uh, maybe do maybe like a 50 city tour, uh, which would be great. I don't think he's filming this except for, you know, his own personal uh, use. Not going to be, I don't think, released anywhere, at least as of now. Uh, so hopefully next, you know, check him out online. Just go to his website or into Dr. Scott Bond, uh, find him on Twitter. He's very, uh, uh available, uh, responds and retweets all that good stuff. Uh, try to catch a show this year. Uh, I think only uh, about a week or two he's doing it, and that's about it. So catch him pretty soon if you can. If not, you might have to wait till next year. Or just go back after this podcast and search my podcast and listen to his our conversation. Uh, it was great. We talked for a while. talked for about an hour or so. Uh, went really in-depth. Um, a lot of things were covered, obviously, on his live show. We got much more detail uh, in our conversation, so go check that out. Um, it's funny because uh, tonight we're going to be talking about uh, can serial killers enter the kingdom of heaven? Uh, and it's funny because his show last night, um, he had a, he also has, as do I, a relationship with David Berkowitz. And as soon as he mentioned that David Berkowitz had calls himself a Christian, there's this audible, oh, <laughs> you know, like unbelief. There's a lady, literally, I was like real close to the front, and a lady, maybe three or four rows back from the stage. You can just hear, you know, oh, sure, shaking her head, just total disgusted. Um, so obviously there's a lot of people who do not think that a serial killer can enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, this isn't a how-to. No, no, let me say this first. When I say heaven, there's a lot of religions out there. Um, the people that I have most experience with firsthand, whether in person, writing, phone calls, serial killers, uh, are a Christian. Now, in American prison systems, you know, Islam and Christianity are definitely the, the two biggest religions. Um, but the people that I mostly come in contact with are Christians, so that's what I'll be talking about today. Um, not to speak negatively about any other religion, but we're just talking about Christianity today. Uh, and as far as Christianity, you might think, well, what, what, what branch, what version? <laughs> well, I'm just going to be referring to biblical Christianity, not hybrid stuff, not the Bible plus another man's opinion, like a Roman Catholicism or other quote-unquote holy books that make up their faith, like Mormonism or messing with the original text of the Bible like Jehovah Witnesses and pulling out everything that says Jesus is God and all that, all that wacky stuff. We're just talking about Protestant Bible-only Christianity. You don't have to believe it. I'm just using that as a reference to look at some men and women you know, who claim to be Christians who are also serial killers and serial offenders. Um, and can somebody like that enter the kingdom of heaven, so to speak? Um, most of you, I promise say most of you, because I would say the majority of people out there, if you ask them, are you going to heaven when you die? 
the vast majority of people will say yes, or if heaven exists, you know, some people don't believe in God, that's, that's a different story. But it, you know, if you believe in heaven, if heaven exists, do you think you're going to go there? Overwhelming amount of people are going to say yes. I've asked people this numerous times in, in conversations. And if you ask them why, why do you think that you're going to go? Now, these are people sometimes that have never read the Bible. You know, and again, we're not talking about goofball televangelists and these prosperity guys like Joel Osteen or God wants you to have a Ferrari. God wants you to have the bet. No, we're not talking about idiots like that. That guy want to know the gospel if it slapped him in the face. <laughs> you know? um, but majority of people, even if they haven't read the Bible, and a lot of people, even if they have gone to church and still go to churches, don't really pay attention that much. They say, I'm a good person, so I think I'm going to go to heaven. Almost like if your good outweighs the bad is, is kind of the mentality. And maybe that's the way you think, too. And it's that's the way I thought for many years before I actually read, you know, what Jesus taught. Um, and again, this isn't a how-to book. I'm just going to tell you what the book says. You believe whatever you want. Um, but the majority of people think if the good outweighs the bad um, or look at somebody's life. Oh, wow. Honorable student their whole life. and. Um, valedictorian and graduation and, you know, the 4.0, 5.0, whatever the great point average is. I was horrible in school. <laughs> and, um, oh, in his job, oh, they helped the poor. They donated. He went overseas and brought water to third world countries and this, 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 that. Oh, is that, that person got to go to heaven. Well, if you're a murderer, a career criminal, certainly that person's good did not outweigh the bad. If they spent an entire life of crime, um, even if it's like petty crime and petty thefts, well, their good did not outweigh the bad, so they're not getting in. Well, now you killed somebody. Well, that's that's worse than you know stealing a couple cassette tapes. That, you know, cassette tapes. I'm just dating my age because I got busted stealing cassette tapes <laughs> back when I was a little kid. You know, a couple of them. This is back when this is you know for your for your older people out there when cassette tapes were were being sold. They had them in those. You know, cassette tapes what like you know three inches by four inches, something like that, two inch by four inches, and but they held them in these, these security packages that were about ten inches long and sh kind of sharp edges, and you had to take them to the cashier and to pry them out. Well, I had like one in my jacket. We did it a couple times and got away with it. Me and a buddy of mine, and uh, we got to the back. We were our little pedal bikes, you know, at the front door waiting for us. And I think I had two in my jacket, and I had like one down my crotch. I had Ozzy Osbourne, Blizzard of Oz. We got busted. Got it out front door. I guess you have to wait to get out door. We tried to run away, but they got us. They grabbed us, you know, arrested us, you know, and took us to the jail. They let us go. But, you know, the police kind of like just like a warning kind of deal because we're minors. But the whole time I'm in the back security room, they didn't know I had Ozzy Osbourne down my pants. <laughs> and it, But it was the long cassette tape. You know, I mean, the cassette tape was small, but that, that security package, it was about, you know, 10 inches or so, and just grinding down the side of my leg and my cross, and I'm dying. And my buddy Billy, well, he's in jail right now, but <laughs> uh, Billy was a... Uh, and uh, he's, he's looking at me and he's like, he's looking at me like, what? And I'm pointing to my crotch. I'm like, I got Ozzy down my pants. <laughs> he's like shaking his head. He's like, dude, you want to get some more trouble? I was like, I'm not taking it out. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm taking something home. For my troubles today, I'm taking Ozzy home. And uh, so we eventually got it out of there. And uh, no, no, we didn't, I think they didn't take us to the police station. I think just from that security, I think a, a cop might have came. And just released us to his his uh was his grandmother. You know, have the folks. You know, his, his grandmother took care of him. And uh, of course, you know, my parents ended up finding out. 
but I got Ozzy, man. I, I got Ozzy Osbourne. I'm pretty sure it was Blizzard of Oz. I'm like 99% sure it's Blizzard of Oz. That cassette sounded so good later that night when I realized you know, my parents were a little pissed. You know, I don't care about that at the time. Um, oh, that was a great CD or a great CD. Uh, cassette tape. That's how old it was back when al- well, albums were making a comeback. This has nothing to do with the podcast, by the way. <laughs> Just going off a little bit. But back when albums, you know. When you it was they could make it a comeback. I mean, it was nothing like open an album, you slide the album cover out, you read all the lyrics, the images, and and the pictures. But best was was reading the lyrics during the song, uh, especially the ones you know the, the heavier stuff. You couldn't really hear too much. You couldn't understand the lyrics too much on some of them. You're screaming and yelling, like Kiss Alive double album, Peter Frampton uh, his live double album, and also for you crazy bastards like me. You know, we might have smoked a little something back in the day, you know, 14, 15, 16-year-old little potheads. Well, you know, it wasn't like you go to a dispensary now. I'm not condoning this, but it's legal, so what the hell. That, uh, you know, there's no beaners in there, little seeds in there. And uh, But when there was back in the day, that's what the double album was for. Because you cleaned your stuff on the top and you gave it a little, little scrunch in the fold and all the beaners fell down the crevice and <laughs> cleaned your wiener up pretty good. Oh, where the hell is this podcast going? Anyway, um I'm not talking about the little petty crimes over the years, but yes, but technically if the good outweighs the bad, you're going to heaven in a lot of people's mind. But you know, if you start murdering people, that's just one person. But what do you if you murder, you know, like a serial murderer, a serial killer, like a, a David Berkowitz, a BTK, or you're just one person in general. But the the main thing in my book, serial killers in heaven and victims in hell. It's a question mark on the end of that. Like I always say, it's not a statement, it's a question, examining that. Um I wrote it for a couple of reasons. One, this very topic we're talking about. Now, I'm just giving a, you know, in general flyby view of, of that book and, and this topic in general. Um, the book, it's a small book. It's not a big book. You can get it for like seven bucks on Amazon. I got signed copies. If you want them here, um, and let me know. You know, reach, me out, reach out on social media. I got, a, got a, a box of them here. I give up. But go on Amazon. Also, leave a, a review. Um, they got a bunch of mostly all positive reviews. I think it's like four, almost five stars or four stars, whatever it is, all of reviews, which is great. Um, but the purpose was not just that, but also um, debunking the myth that good people go to heaven because that's what the majority of people think, the good outweighs the bad. Well, the first thing you do when you crack the Bible open, the first thing you read, most importantly, you know, there's like the Old and the New Testament. You know, the Old Testament is all those stories from the flood to Noah, all that are just pictures and images shadows of the coming of the Messiah, the coming of baby Jesus and all that. So it's like the Old Testament and the New Testament is the coming of the baby Jesus, right? So the Old Testament is like the New Testament concealed and hidden. The New Testament is like the Old Testament revealed. This is what all that stuff meant. That's just the gist of it anyway. You can, you know, you get a, you can download a free app and read it for yourself basically. Um, but in the New Testament, the first thing we really, really see in here is that we're all evil. You know, even, you know, the, the one who donated all their money to the poor and the straight-A student. In the eyes of God, since Adam and Eve sinned, we're all evil. Basically, you're every single person. I don't care who you are. You're born going to hell. That's myth number one. We got to debunk, you know. And so this is setting the foundation of what it means. Again, it's not a how-to podcast. It's just setting a foundation to get you aware of what one religion says. It says everybody who's born is born separated in, in a, under a curse, so to speak, from God. 
And without that forgiveness, without that relationship mended in some way, it's like there's a bridge to heaven, a bridge to God that was broken by Adam and Eve. Thanks a lot for eating the fruit of the forbidden tree. And no, it was not an apple. Don't listen to cartoons and his goofy preachers. It wasn't a real tree and it wasn't an apple. It was just this, you know, pictures and images, a tree of life. Eat from this means just do what God said and you'll live. Eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil means do it your own way and you're going to die, you know, and spiritually speaking and, and really speaking. So they ate from their own tree, the ones who do it themselves. That's the gist of that. Not, not a real apple, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but since that point, if you were born from a man, the seed of a man and a woman, you're born going to hell. You're born under a curse. All right? That's plain as I can say it. You're born going to hell. So you might think, oh, my good definitely outweighs the bad. You go into hell next to Osama bin Laden and Hitler. You know, uh, everybody you can deem evil in this world, yeah, that's where you're going, you know, according to the Christian Bible. Oh, well, that's not fair. Well, you know, you didn't set the rules. You know, there's, <laughs> I think, well, that's not fair. I, um, or, you know, the gist of God in the Christian Bible or God in general is, for example, so a lot of people don't believe in God because there's too much evil in the world. Okay, that's understandable. It's a very common thing to say, I don't believe in God because there's so much evil in the world. Well, if you really examine that statement, if someone is an atheist, you can't say that statement. That statement does not exist for you. That statement only exists in a world where there's God, meaning you know what morality is or evil is, or you can discern right from wrong. Well, that, that's a Christian worldview. If you're an atheist, there is no morality because you don't believe in absolute truth. Now, if you say there's no absolute truth. That's an absolute truth statement. I hate to break it to you. you know, <laughs> if you want everybody to believe there's no absolute truth, yes. Well, that's an absolute statement. So you're self-contradicting yourself, but that's another story. But you can't say there's wrong in the world or evil in the world without standing on the Christian platform, or at least atheistic or a belief that there's a God who sets the rules. Because how would you know what evil is? There has to be an absolute truth. I mean, for example, um, how do you know what a crooked line is? There's only one answer. How do you know what a crooked line is? Think about that. Do, 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 do. The only way you know what a crooked line is is that there's a perfectly straight line. That's the only way. There's a perfectly straight line. Anything that deviates from that, crooked. So the only way you know what wrong is is if there is something perfectly moral. So you set the standard, says so th this is morality right here. Anything that deviates from that is sin or evil or whatever you want to call it. So, I mean, the only really thing you can say for an atheistic view is this evolutionary mindset. Well, if you have children and your seed goes on and doesn't get killed out, died out, or you don't have children go out, you might say that's on the positive, but you don't have any foundation to say one thing is evil or not. You can say it, but when you examine that, you can't say it because you're standing on a Christian worldview if you think there is such thing as right and wrong or a godly worldview. Um, so again, another little myth, you know, the people that kind of debunk a little bit, you got to really think about what you're saying. Um, they said, I'm not saying to believe in God, you believe whatever you want, but just think about what you're saying. You know, if you say, oh, I believe that there's good and evil, well, then you believe that there's a God. There is no other way around it, you know, because it, something had to have said absolute truth. Again, if you don't believe in absolute truth, well, that's an absolute truth statement right there, buddy. Um, so everybody's born evil. Um, how do they get around that? So that's the first myth of, oh, Sarah Carroll can't go to heaven because what he's done. No, buddy, you're not going to heaven because it's not a matter of what you've done. So that's the first thing we really, really have to get deep into our souls 
Um, if you don't know already, I mean, a lot, I got a lot of people who are, go to church and listen to my podcast and love it, and uh, they kind of they, they understand this. Um, but I think it's important to know. Um, one, it's not, nothing's wrong about learning about other religions. I know a little bit about a lot of religions. I just happen to know the most about you know Christianity. Uh, but it's good to study other things. One, because if your friend's a Buddhist, why not look into Buddhism? See what your buddy's all about. You know, your friend's a, a Muslim. You know, he's not, not necessarily going to go bomb your building. You know, there's a lot of awesome things and positive things. You know, somebody who really studies and reads the Quran. You know, not saying you have to agree with it in there, but hey, why not be interested in what your friend's interested in? You know, and the different faiths and religion. You know, me. You know, I relate to Christianity. That's what I am. Um, you know, I'm not a big Bible basher. You believe what you want. You know, but it's it'd be cool if you knew a little bit about it, especially my books and. Um, my foundation of what I am is, well, why don't you read a little bit about it and maybe a little bit more about me and the people that I write to. So we have a guy like David Berkowitz who has done horrible things, um, Satanist for a while. He found his identity in that, becomes a Christian. Is it real or is it fake? Now, to say, I mean, if we have to first to get over the hurdle that a serial killer can get to heaven— there's no difference if someone truly becomes a Christian, you know, which means there's that repentance. Lord, I realized that I'm not getting in, nor anybody getting in. We're all evil in your eyes. What do I have to do? The first thing we see is you don't do anything. You can't earn your way in. I'm sure you heard the term grace. Grace is unmerited favor. I mean, you need to do nothing. You know, I'm not here to get theological and you know, about, well, God has chosen who he's going to save, who's not going to save before the foundations of the world. You can get deep in the whole of this stuff. I'm not going that deep. You, for this podcast, it's a, you need to make a choice. You realize you can't earn your way in. If you could earn your way in, you think God would have become a man, you know, in the form of baby Jesus, grow up. If you've seen the movie by Mel Gibson about Jesus, I forget what it was called, um, The Beating. Now, the whole movie was about was The Beating, you know, um, just the, the torture and abuse that he had. I don't know, overdone. Um, but no, he, he, he was beat. I mean, it just say he, he was not recognizable. So he was definitely beat, bad, suffered, tortured, let alone separated from God. You know, I'm not going to get into what the Trinity is, that Father, Son, Spirit thing. He was perfectly happy up there just chilling, you know, <laughs> just chilling forever. You know, God's eternal. He was never born. And I'm talking about the man part, you know, just the spiritual part of it. Chilling. Always just chilling, having a good time. You think he really, if we could earn our way, he would come down and to be separated from God in a sense, in that Trinitarian, you know, sense. To come to this earth to get spit on, to get mocked, most people he talked to not only didn't believe him, but mocked him. You think he needed that? <laughs> you really think he wanted to do that? You know, you can't imagine. I mean, once in a while you see a rich, righteous man sell his possessions and live among the poor, you know, for like a week. <laughs> for a week just to check it out, you know, whatever it may be. But, um, no, you can't earn your way in according to the Bible. You can't do it. It's just a repentance aspect of it. You're like, oh, that's not fair. No, you're giving up your life. Now, you, technically, you've been bought with a price, as the Scripture says. You've been bought with a price. You're no longer your own. You're God's. You're here to serve, to, to be his servant, to be his ambassador. You're now living for him, doing his work, preaching the good news and all that good stuff. So you can't earn it. So if you did all this bad, of course you can't make up for all the bad. Again, this is that if your good outweighs the bad myth, because it's not. You know, especially, you know, you got you killed 13 people. You know, you killed all these people, you know, some, you know, 20, some dozens of people, some of them. You know, some of the world's worst serial killers. You, your good can't outweigh the bad. 
It's impossible. <laughs> There's not enough you can do. You got you got 84 bodies underneath you. You know, I don't know how many uh, how many donations to the poor you're going to give to, <laughs> you know, to make up for that. It ain't going to work like that. It's not how. It's not what the Bible says. You can't earn your way in. It's just a matter of repentance, praying to God. Hey, Lord, I, I can't do this myself. You need to help me. And so, how do you know you're a Christian? Very simple. God sends you the Holy Spirit. That's your guarantee, according to the Bible. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm a Christian, I don't receive the Holy Spirit, and you're a Christian. You know, I mean, unless maybe you were, you, you came out to shoot a Christian. You know? <laughs> from a young age, you don't remember you were in a Christian household. But if you've ever seen any horror movie, which I know i got a lot of horror fans listening to my show, you've seen somebody being possessed by a spirit. Picture that for the positive. You know when the Holy Spirit comes on you. It, it's just like your whole life flashes before your eyes. I mean, it's like everything bad you've ever done. It's not just the, to, the, the, with the individual thing. It's a totality of your sinful nature that you didn't even think you had. You can be the goody-goody two-shoes. When the Holy Spirit hits you, you realize how sinful, dirty, evil you are. You think you've done good? Know what the Bible calls that? Tampons. All your good deeds are filthy rags. That's the exact quote. I'm talking about tampons. They, they shine the word up a little bit. It's talking about dirty tampons. It's like, no, you need to do nothing good. Did you have Everything good you did, you did it for yourself. You know, or I did it for other. You do it for God. So there's no good outweighs the bad stuff. So when you truly, you know, the Lord forgive me for my sins, sinful nature. I can't do it. I'm just a wretch. Blah 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 blah. I need you, and you do. You get the Holy Spirit. Boom! Your eyes open up like whoa. Why do you think that's all? I was blind, but now I see. Amazing grace. I was blind, but now I see. It's I can't even explain it. It's like you now you're looking at a new body. Yeah, a new mindset. You now you really you see God's version of what right and wrong is. Things you never thought were right and wrong. Now you oh crap. You know it's, it's like you ever get that your conscience uh, says something to you. You know like you're walking down a you know, out of the grocery store and little old ladies you know a little trouble picking up her bags and your conscience kicks in. You know, you're in a rush, but your conscience says you, you really should go help that old lady. You know, but I don't want to help. You're having a conversation. You know, it's that little spot right there is really what's amplified like ten bazillion. It's just so loud, leading you and God and you. But it, it's all. You know, in godly ways. You know, so that's kind of the. You know, are you my Christian? You see the Holy Spirit. That, that's kind of what the deal's about. Um, again, this is you can look all this stuff up, find a good Bible, find a good church. You can go into detail. Message me privately if you really want to know. Again, it's not a how-to book. A how-to. Um, um, even my book is not a how-to book. It's not a how-to podcast. But again, just laying the foundation. So again, to, to debunk some myths about uh, Christianity and salvation, we say, oh, so and so got saved. Ah, oh, he got too, it's too evil. Well, you're too evil. You just don't realize it. <laughs> that's just, that's the sad part. You don't realize. I mean, the um, and you look at him. Well, what Jesus preached to a serial killer? You know, one of the first scriptures I quote in my book is Luke six, the Gospel of Luke, chapter six, verse thirty-five. And the gist of it says Jesus was kind and quote to the ungrateful and to the evil. Ungrateful and evil. All right. So, if the baby Jesus was kind and, quote-unquote, ministered and showed kindness, love, and compassion to the ungrateful and to the evil. Do serial killers fall into that category of ungrateful and evil? Right? I think that would be a yes. I think we can all agree, if we can't agree on nothing else, that a serial killer is ungrateful and evil. Right? Again, if you believe, if you think, oh, yes, he's evil, well, now you're back underneath a Christian worldview, like we said about before. Yeah, so that's his little Christian foundation, or godly foundation. So ungrateful, uh, Jesus went to the ungrateful and to the evil. That's who he was kind to. 
People will say, why you do? Why, why do you do what, what you do? Well, Jesus did. You going to say something to him? You can take it up with him. You know. <laughs> so I, Keith Revere, I am kind to the ungrateful, to the evil, and to the evil. Why? Mark chapter uh, 2, verse 17. It's not the healthy that need a doctor, but the sick. Right? Jesus didn't come back. Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't come to this earth, suffer, die, tortured, all that stuff, crucified. Now, you go, you go get crucified next Tuesday. See how you feel. <laughs> you know? See how you feel. That's the most brutal way. You know, there has the Romans kill people back then, tortured them. Now, look at the Emperor Nero. He crucified people and lit them on fire to light his parties. That ain't no joke. This is a common thing. He set people on fire while crucified to light up his parties. That's a dude you want to stay away from. The pure definition of evil, technically, we're all evil in God's eyes. Again, that's a a truth we got to remember. Um, All ungrateful, we're all evil. There might be levels of it, but we still fall in a category of we all need salvation because none of us are getting in because we're under a curse that we need forgiveness from, from the Christian biblical worldview. Um, But, like I said, Mark 2, chapter 17, Jesus did not come to heal the healthy, but he came for the sick. Is a serial killer ungrateful, evil, not healthy, and sick? Yeah, I, I think that's a yes. I think I think they do fall under the category of certainly not healthy, certainly uh, sick, mostly spiritually and mentally for that matter. They're ungrateful and evil. I think that would definitely fall into the category of serial killers. So it's kind of obvious why I do what I do. Well, because no, your neighbor needs quote unquote salvation according to scripture as much as a serial killer, but. I've been involved in prison outreach and aftercare and ministry for 20 years. I personally just shoot for the worst of the worst, you know, and that's that's who I like to encourage to reach out to. And um, some are already Christian, some are not. Uh, some I talk to daily about it. Uh, some we don't mention religion at all. But when people ask me why would I, you know, talk to somebody about Christianity, well, because the baby Jesus did, you know, and that's kind of my foundation. Um, they say, well, what about the victims? When I reach out to them, well, that's not what I believe I'm called to do. A victim of a serial killer who survived, or the relative of one, needs salvation just as much as a serial killer if they're not a believer already. Now, this is a point um, that's mind-blowing to people. That's the, the title of my book, Serial Killers in Heaven and Victims in Hell? Question mark. Is it possible that a serial killer who has 8, 10, 20 bodies, 20 murders, 20 victims, can truly, quote-unquote, repent and become a Christian, while the victim, family members, loved ones who are still alive, will go to hell? The answer is yes. I don't care how good they are. Now, I'm not diminishing the pain and suffering this serial killer did to them if they survived or a family member, it's not diminishing anything of that. Again, you can't be good enough to go. Nothing bad enough can happen to you where God was like, oh, look at that. That was pretty bad. You're getting in. It doesn't work like that. You know, you have either repented or not repented. No, there's no in between, no matter what happens to you. So, yes, a victim or a victim's family member, loved one, relative, whatever it may be, 
no, you're not getting the kingdom of heaven unless you believe the Bible. Plain and simple. I mean, again, just on the Christian foundation. Not, not that we're talking about other religions at all. We're just talking about this. Because your good can't outweigh your bad because you're all bad. 100% evil in God's eyes, no matter what you have or have not done. So, yes, if you're not a Christian, a victim of a serial killer will spend eternity separated from God in a place that is called hell. Now, a biblical de uh, description of hell is not pretty. This is eternal. People think, I, I, people joke all the time. Oh, I'm going right to hell. I know that. Uh, uh, me and Satan be doing this and that. No, you better read it again. This, hell was made for the devil and his angels at a, a certain point. Now, what, were the, what, what are the devil and the angels? I mean, his angels. We call them fallen angels. People call them demons. What one time Satan himself, Lucifer, was a mighty supposed archangel. It was a mighty, mighty angel in charge of many things. But it's a little, little sketchy. You know, the Bible's not too, too clear. Some things you're not meant to know. But apparently, uh, reading through some lines, not only was a mighty angel, but he thought himself more glorious than God. You know, just beautiful. Apparently, he's very beautiful. Angel, a very majestic, beautiful angel. Satan was. We think of his pitchfork. And, no, he was very beautiful. Uh, according to Scripture, very powerful. Um, very, as they say, angelic. Uh, angel. And... And if, again, I'm not 100% sure, but you kind of read between the lines, it seems like a third of the angels of heaven followed him because he wanted to be worshipped. Obviously, God, you know, he doesn't tolerate sin, kicked him out of heaven, kicked him out of that realm. Satan is not, it's funny, people say, where is heaven? We, people look up. Now, if you're on the top of the North Pole and you look up to heaven and someone's on the South Pole, where are you, are you looking up? You get, you get a bend over. You got to look down. Oh, heaven's down there. No, no. heaven's is another dimension. You know, it's another myth. People look up in the sky. No, heaven's is a dimension. A few times in scriptures where uh, the prophet prayed, "Lord, open their eyes," and boom, the dimension of heaven like opened up. All these angels were all the way around them. You know, heaven's is a. People think up or heaven. Heaven is up because you know, our description of hey, you look up to the heavens and pray. That's just you know that's a thing you do. Heaven's not up there. Heaven's not down there. You got to think of what Earth is in the whole universe. <laughs> you know, it's not exactly up there, so to speak. Heaven's just this dimension, and people think, where are we going to spend eternity if we're going to heaven? Well, here on Earth. Like what? Heaven's on Earth? Yeah, that, that's what heaven. It's, the, it's called the new heavens and new earth. If you die right now, you go to a place called heaven. That's just a holding tank. Whether it's heaven or hell. You know, whether, quote, quote, up or down. Again, that's not reality, but let's just, for the sake of this conversation, either up or down. So if you die today uh, and you're Christian, you go up, all right? So you're in the presence of God somehow. We don't know, but you're up there somehow. There's pictures and visions of under the altar waiting for God's second coming and all that kind of fun stuff. It's a holding tank. Just like if you're a bad boy and you're, you're not a Christian, whatever it may be, you're going to go to hell. And that's a holding tank for right now. When Judgment Day happens, that's the official end of everything. You know, Jesus' second coming is the last day. That's it. Um, that, that's the end of the ballgame. No second chances. Um, you get these mythical movies about raptures. You know, it's all mythical. Now, if you're alive, the last day Jesus comes, yeah, you'll be changed in the twinkling of an eye. It says you go directly. You won't face death. You just get changed into this other dimension. Other than that, you know, if you die, you're in this spiritual place holding tank. You know? Then after Judgment Day, guess what happens? Heaven's on earth. The earth is renewed. So eternity is going to be on earth, but in some kind of renewed sense. 
That's why the, all, or the whole earth is groaning and crying. All creation is crying out for you know, this second coming throughout it because it wants to be in its final state and not in this death state. You know, that heaven would be a place of no sin, no sickness, no death. Uh, everything's just perfect. You know, that's what we're longing for. That's the hope. Um, that's what it is. So that's kind of like the holding tank. Uh, like when we die today, that's what it is. So, yes, serial killers can enter the kingdom of heaven and victims can um, or will go to hell, not have interest in the kingdom of heaven. So how do we know? Now, I said before, how do we know? Oh, we see the Holy Spirit. Well, how, you know, I can't see it. I know for me. And you'll know for you. But what about David Berkowitz? What about pedophile uh, Lewis Lent, who might be on my podcast soon? Um, there's plenty of people. You know, I've had Bruce Davis and the Manson family on my show. I, I know Tex Watts and the Manson family. Hopefully have him on the podcast one day. I haven't talked to him in a little while, though. About a Christian guy. I read about him in my book. Uh, youngest woman on Florida's death row, at least at the time, Tiffany Cole. I was just a big sweetheart. Uh, I'm trying to convince her to do my podcast. Hopefully, she's just a, a ball of fun. She's she's a um, just a beautiful girl. Um, and her her faith, uh, and on and on. Um, Tom Ottle, you know, his book survived by one when he was a teenager, uh, killed his whole family, brothers, sisters, parents, blew them all away. Um, he's a Christian. Well, how do we know? Yeah, I, another reason I wrote the book. It's because a lot of people uh, in prison say they're a Christian or any other religion for that matter because uh, they want to get parole. You know, and I think most people think that they're just saying it because they want to put on a show for the parole board or for the, the warden or whatever it may be uh, to the public. So when parole comes up, well, I'm a religious man. I, I could even quote you a couple Bible verses and I've I've pushed some wheelchairs around for some people at my facility. I help people read and write and yeah, I mean there's a lot of people who do good things. You know, but as the Bible says, uh, it's when you look at a tree to see if a tree's healthy, you look at the fruit. And there's a bunch of rotten fruit. Well, hey, that tree ain't no good. If that fruit is juicy, you know <laughs> some juicy fruit. Now not like juicy fruit gum. Again, dating myself with cassettes and albums, like I said earlier, that's still out there, Juicy Fruit Gum. And I bought a pack, maybe it was last year. It wasn't that long ago. It's still exactly the same. You get about three chews with flavor. That fourth chew, flavor's gone. You know? And what was the other one? Um, uh, that stripe that it had all, like, the zebra, had all the animals on it, that stripe gum. I forget what it was called. I want to say red stripe. That's like an old beer, cheap beer or something. Something stripe, I forget. I mean, it's like a rainbow stripe gum back from, like, the 70s and, and 80s. You know, and I saw a meme one time, a whole tractor trailer full of that gum. And they're like a total of five minutes of flavor right there. <laughs> you get a couple bites, that flavor's gone. You know, you get the whole pack, you know, just to get you about five minutes of flavor. Uh, that's, that's hysterical. You know, not like Big League Chew. That, that was the bomb, Big League Chew. That flavor lasted all day. And uh, what the hell was that? Hubba Bubba. That was it. The, you can blow big bubbles with it. That bastard lasted flavor all day. Why you guys get me sidetracked? I'm trying to stay on focus. You guys keep me pulling me off sidetrack. Got albums, Kiss, Beaners, getting arrested. I had Ozzy in my crotch. You know, <laughs> you know I got Hubba Bubba blowing bubbles. Uh, and I'm not even drinking. You know, what time is it? I'm doing a podcast and recording. It's 5 o'clock right now. I don't even have my glass of wine yet. I don't even have my coffee yet. Just some, just some water. Um, I sort of, last time I had some wine with me. Uh, so I think the, the alcohol keeps me focused. That's what I should have did. Now, so I got the Beaners out. <laughs> 
<laughs> Bought a glass of wine, sipped on a little bourbon. I would have stayed on content. I would have stayed focused. Stayed right here, talking about the baby Jesus and serial killers. I mean, come on. Where else? Where are the podcast? Is the the host of the podcast is personally friends with serial killers and the baby Jesus? You know, come on. <laughs> Where are you going to get this content but right here on the lighter side of serial killers? You know? I mean, come on. So what the hell was I talking about? All right. So the good cannot weigh the bad. You know, so how do we tell? You know, with a few minutes, let's just recap a little bit. One, there are no good people. Most important thing about Christianity, looking at serial killers, there are no good people. Yes, you. Wow, a good person. No, you're not. Okay, how many good things you've done? Not one thing you've ever done in your life counts toward the kingdom of heaven. Not one. If you think it does, go and read in Prophet Jeremiah when literally he says, oh, you, you think your, your good works are going to be uh, accounted? No, no, no. Everything you've done you thought were good to get into a kingdom of heaven based on your merit, God says they're dirty tampons. They're filthy rags. You know, and, and Paul says, you know, you start reading in uh, his letter to the church of Rome, the Apostle Paul, the great Apostle Paul um, he says, no one is righteous, which, what is righteous? Right standing before God. So what I mean, no one is righteous, but me, he goes on to say, no, not one. So no one is righteous before God. No, not one person, not you. Well, what about me? I no, <laughs> not you, not me, you know, before that repentance and all that good stuff that no. So you're, you're in the same boat as a serial killer. I hate to say, you say, so when you start judging other people, and judge and circle, oh, he's going to go to hell. Well, well, let's not worry about them today. Let's worry about you today. <laughs> let's worry about you, what you're standing before God is. You know, that's the most important thing. Don't worry about anybody else. Because when you can say, you got that point, your finger pointed at somebody else, you got them other fingers pointing right back at you. You know, um, that's, a, that's a conversation for another day, not for this podcast. Um, so myth number one, there are no good people. All right, no good people. Um, or getting into heaven. You're good. It's all about faith. Faith, 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 faith. And what this person named Jesus did for you, salvation, salvation, all that forgiveness, stuff like that. That's that's takes care of that. Now, and yes, so yes, victims of a serial killer will go to hell, not enter the kingdom of heaven, and the serial killer will enter the kingdom of heaven if that person, male or female, truly um, asks for forgiveness. You know, and, and as we're talking about now, how do we know if their fruit is good? Not just good works. Everybody can do good deeds. Um, it's a change of heart. Uh, you, I'm sure everybody heard the term being baptized. Uh, I'm not talking about the, um, you know, a Roman Catholic view, which is not a biblical view, of you know, dunking you as a baby automatically gives you interest in the kingdom of heaven. No, it's, you know, it doesn't work like that. Um, nothing wrong getting baptized as a baby. That's fine. That just, you know, it's a, it's a fancy word called covenantal. It's almost like a promise that, hey, we're going to raise this kid in a biblical way. It doesn't guarantee anything. Circumcision in the Old Testament ways, you know, get a little, little snippet snippet going on. Um, didn't save anybody. You know, your babies did it. When you're an adult, you believe and be circumcised. In the New Testament, you believe and be baptized unless you obviously you're an infant. Um, but what baptism is, it's a change of identity. What does baptize mean? If you get a cloth and you dip it into some dye, you know, when they make clothing, you dip it into the dye, that's, that, that's baptized. You know, and it really stems from when they used to sprinkle the blood on the altar, like a sacrifice things. You know, you baptize the altar. It's, it means a change of identity. It's more than word. It's a heart change. That's the most important thing. Now, one thing I loved about Dr. Scott Bond's uh, conversation, I mean, he spoke on my podcast, and he really highlighted it. Uh, probably the most powerful part of his 
his uh, show uh, last night when he was very skeptical about that. And obviously, the whole audience was too. I mean, you hear the gasp, you know, when he said it was a Christian. But um, but when he saw firsthand the remorse from Berkowitz, crying and just shaking of the harm that he's caused, um, now his ministry is you know worldwide, massive ministry. You know, the website Arise and Shine. And, uh, the different books that he's written or had a part in. Uh, I did a project with him separately for a saint's prison, excuse me, prison ministry, um, and, and some other things. Some tracks from the son of Sam to the son of Hope, which he calls himself. Some of you that get signed copies of my book uh, for next to a few bucks. Berkowitz, David Berkowitz, personally sent me a stack of like a hundred. It's almost like a graphic cartoon, very well done, about his story from the son of Sam to the son of Hope. Um, so again, if you want one of my signed books, whether it's the story of you about you, Masaki, or Circles in Heaven and Victims in Hell, uh, let me know, and uh, I'll give you one of the um, uh, his tracks that he sent me. I still got a bunch left. I mean, a huge stack. Uh, I can always get more also. Um, but he said last night, if it was fake, he said he must be better than Denzel Washington. He made a couple of famous actors. I forget who exactly he said, because... I was convinced that this was a chained man. This wasn't that demon running the streets, that forty-four caliber handgun blowing people away. This was a changed man. What did he saying? He's seeing the fruit. He's seeing the fruit of someone who's filled with the Holy Spirit, changed his life around, um, and now is a godly man. Now, is he for sure? I'm not inside of him. I'm not God. I bet my money on yes. You know, 100% yes. I would say, you know, but could I be wrong? Of course I could be wrong. He could just, he could just be a great actor. Um, but I've known Berkowitz a long time. I've known Tex Watson a long time. I've known Bruce Davis a long time. I truly believe, truly believe those three are definitely believers. You know, from the change of now, Manson family members are a little different. Again, I go into great detail. I have the permission to share personal letters that they've written to me uh, in this book. Uh, Mark David Chapman is another one who killed John Lennon. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny, funny in a weird way, but most of my family member and friends, I might even shared this before, they know I talk to serial killers every day. I mean, they're just used to it. And they're kind of numb to it. They, they all think, they, they thought I was crazy before. They thought I was crazy since about 14 years old, <laughs> but even more so now, but they just, they, whatever. Um, but you mentioned you're talking to Mark David Chapman who killed John Lennon. You should see their faces like. You evil person. How the hell can you talk to Mark? Dunn? That's it. They're ready to disown me. <laughs> I've made a joke about it in the book. I've talked to serial killers all day, but the guy who killed John Lennon, you know? Well, I still, um, I don't know, every couple weeks get an email um, from Mark Chapman. It's just scripture, just an encouraging thing. Um, yeah, when I was going through my divorce about five years or so ago, I, I, I should write a book just on all the encouraging things, you know, um, that serial killers have called me and said to me, uh, emailed me through the tablets that some of them have, personal letters. Um, same thing when my dad died a couple years ago. The encouragement I got from them is more than I got from people out here in the, in the free world. The, the non-serial killers, way more love and compassion. And, out, and people reached out and made sure I was okay over and over again uh, from people who have killed multiple people. Um, but I talk about um, his life. Now, other people in the book, too, I talked to. Lewis Lent uh, is one of them. Uh, again, Tiffany Cole, when you're examining their faith, are they or are they not? Well, Berkowitz, oh, I'm sorry, what I was saying, I got a little sidetracked for a second. The Manson family members, when you talk about serial killers, you know, certainly not a serial killer. They're a little different, I think. 
because they were so influenced by LSD. Um, certainly not a serial killer. Now, Manson's a different story, um, but uh, Tex Watson himself, especially Bruce Davis, um, especially Bruce himself, I mean, he just wanted sex, drugs, and rock and roll. If you listen to him, I two podcasts he did with me so far. He just wanted the girls, you know, but those guys I mean, and girls were so impressionable at that time, so high on not just LSD, but mushrooms and all, all kind of stuff in the desert. Um, and then probably one of the most master manipulators who has ever lived in Charles Manson constantly day by day and not just eating the acid, but putting these thoughts in your mind, just, just mind warping you. Um, you can kind of, uh, people can relate maybe a little bit more to say, well, okay, I, I can see, even though they're killers, I can see how twisted they were. So you take Manson out of their life. You take the most importantly, the drugs out of their life. Now they have a purpose and all that. It's a little different story. Uh, I'm, I'm not everybody. I mean, I mean, the state of California is never going to let them out for parole um, it, because of the heinousness of, of the crimes themselves. But like truly, every single Manson member who is incarcerated, and obviously one died recently, um, has completely changed their life around. And most of them actually were Christian. I mean, the only one that really got out uh, was Squeaky. I mean, she still professes her love for Charles Manson. So obviously, with the exception of her, um, she's never tried not to distance herself from, from Charlie. Um, she still professes her love for him. You know, she's out now and living. I don't know if she got married again or they're living boyfriend out in California now. She has a book out too. I reached out to her a couple of times, but unfortunately I never heard back. Uh, she'd be great to have on the show. Um, yeah, we'll see. Um, but you can see the fruit um, by their lives. Uh, now, some you can't. You know, some you, you have to go by what people write in the letters. Um, you really have to live with somebody or be with somebody's life almost on a weekly day-to-day basis. So I have to rely on phone calls. I mean, that's the best way to really talk to somebody, you know, personal visits, or at least, you know, getting a letter every week. You can kind of get a sense of what they are. To me, make a judgment call. That's what the book's about. Uh, and But I wanted the reader. I left the book kind of open. I was like, well, you guys decide. This is kind of what I think I put. I'll lay out the This is the letters that I received specifically regarding faith. And let the reader decide. What do you think? Do you think that so-and-so has really changed? Um and I tried to include the letters that really would capture their hearts now. Now, some of you want to read, and you're like, there's no way. I do not believe that this person is a changed man. Well, that's why I wrote the book, to let you decide. I didn't say everybody in the book was. Now, I didn't say every silica who says they're a Christian was. Um, I know I wrote the book too quick. I did want to include a few other people like Pamela Smart. I've known Pamela Smart for years. In the 80s, she, had a, uh, she was married. Uh, beautiful. She still is very beautiful. Uh, I just talked to her last week, by the way. Um, she had a boyfriend on the side. Um, she was a uh, kind of in charge of media relations kind of thing. She was in a school doing a certain teaching, and one of the volunteers, uh, a kid a little bit younger than her, everybody think was a student. It wasn't a student. It was somebody else in a, in a media group helping the volunteer teach everybody um, something that she had an affair with. And then that kid and his buddies killed her husband. She still denies she had anything to do with it. Um, but she's a chaplain, and she says she's a Christian. Now, according to the Bible, you can't be a female and be a pastor. Because why? Because you sinned first, Eve. Because Eve, you screwed it for all the girls. You know, you screwed it for everybody. Thanks for inviting sin into the world, Eve, you know. Um, but no, if you're female, that's a different story, but but she proclaims to be a Christian. I'm not really sure about that one. I, I mean, I think she's still not one of her little sociopath kind of side. And if you talk to her, which I've known her for many, many years, never talked to her on the phone, 
um, you know, just through many letters. Uh, every couple of months I talked to her and have for the last couple of years. Um, unfortunately, she wanted to get her sentence. She was going for parole, uh, trying to get that offered. But uh, um, and all this stuff, computation, all these things she was trying to get, it just got shot down. So uh, as of like two weeks ago. So obviously she's extremely depressed right now. I'm trying to write to her, you know, cheering her up a little bit. Um, hopefully I try to get her on the podcast. I didn't really hear any yes or no's, you know, back from her yet. Uh, most of the letters, um, she hasn't mentioned the podcast, but maybe, well, maybe we'll see. Um, all the good. I could share letters from her and all the things that teaching the women how to write, how to read, helping her with schoolwork. Uh, she's the voice for the women there, uh, st- you know, standing up for the women's rights there. Uh, she's one of the, the pastors. At her facility, I think you might have called, she might call herself a pastor, but in, in a chaplain role, whatever it may be, her good outweighs the bad leaps and bounds at that facility. Is she a believer? Don't think so. You know, it's my personal opinion through my personal conversations with her. She'll quote your scripture. She'll say all these ama- truly amazing things she's doing, especially for, specifically for the females there, uh, legally helping them out. Um, again, with schoolwork and with simple things like reading and writing, all the paper, everything she does right. But her heart, I don't believe, has changed. It's still about me. I did this. I did. This. I, you don't hear about it. Well, you know, it's for the Lord. It's for the Lord, his glory. His, no, it's she's, I believe, is doing it for the parole board. Well, guess what? The parole board and whoever is in charge just said no. So if that was her mindset, I mean, that's maybe not just the only reason, but an extra reason she's just crushed right now because it was denied because look at all the stuff I've done. Look at all this stuff I've done. Uh, no. You know, and unfortunately, that's what's going to be like for billions of people on Judgment Day. Lord, it is actually a, a scripture in, in Luke where he says, Lord, Lord, and, and this to me is the scariest Verse in the Bible, Jesus is actually speaking here. Um, he says, the majority of people will come to me on Judgment Day. Um, now, the, no, he said the, the actual word translation is many people come to me. The Greek word there means majority. So he's saying the majority of people are going to go to Judgment Day. And he says, Lord, Lord, look at all these wonderful things that I've done. And Jesus says, I don't know you. What? But I've done this. I, I spoke about this. I did this. No, no. I don't know you. Depart from me. That's the scary one. You know, the majority of people who think they're going to get in, that means the majority of people who call themselves the Christian are not getting into the kingdom of heaven. You know, that's scary as balls. That's scary as balls. Because again, because I think the majority of people think if the good outweighs the bad, they're getting in. Well, no, 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 no. Jesus said the majority of people who think they're getting in ain't getting in. And there's numerous scripts, you know, it talks about that. But to hear it from the baby Jesus himself saying the majority of people says, no, 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 you didn't do anything. You did it for you. No, you, for your glory. You know, you did nothing for me. Yeah, I don't, I don't, that says, I don't know. And the word no uh, is really, it stems back from Adam knew Eve and conceived the child. So knew, the word knew is not just a sexual thing, but that level of intimate knowledge. That's kind of where it stems from. It was a sexual word, um, but just like um, Mary and Joseph, you know, obviously the Holy Spirit impregnated Mary and had baby Jesus, according to the Bible. Um, but the Bible says um, Joseph did not know Mary until after Jesus was born. 
They did it like that because you would say, oh, well, look, no, because Joseph, Joseph knocked her up. Like, no, 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 no. She stayed, quote, unquote, a virgin the whole time. Now, after Jesus was born, yeah, he had many brothers and sisters. I, I know Roman Catholics are going to disagree with that because they got some other made-up crap that they added to the Bible. No, no, no. Joseph did not, quote, unquote, know Mary until after the baby was born. So when Jesus says, I don't know you, means I don't know you intimately. Because Christianity is a relationship. It's not a religion like everything else. No, it's when you receive the Holy Spirit, God's living in you. Now he knows you. So that's the knowledge. Now, does Pamela Smart know Jesus? Know the Lord, if you will? No, I, I don't think so from her letters. She still denies having anything to do with the murder of her husband. Now, I take the back. She did say it was her fault to the extent of because I had an affair with this kid who was a couple years younger. was not like she was a kid, too. People think, oh, he's a, he's, he was borderline, you know, uh, rape. No, 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 no. He wasn't that young, and she was, she was a baby herself, even though she was married. She said, because of my relationship and my affair, my husband died. My husband was murdered. That's the extent of her responsibility. So now, this, and if you read my chapter on Lewis Lent, who I just talked to recently, um, hopefully he'll come on the podcast, too. He, he has more bodies, people. I don't know if you look at Lewis Lent, um, he ain't talking, but there's got more bodies I think Mr. Lewis Lent has. And in my book, and you got to read, I won't give it all away, but he does talk about uh, the murder of one of the kids. Um, he goes into pretty graphic detail about when he had the little boy. He tried to have sex with him before he killed him. It just wasn't working. Um, so that's when he went after the girl. Uh, the one girl, you know, because, hey, I, I know I had a girlfriend. I, I can get a boner for a girl. I just can't get a boner off a kid, although he tried. Um, but then a girl got away and he got busted. But he was saying in a letter, um, if to be a Christian means you need forgiveness for everything, you know, you're open and honest, you know, repent of your sins, you're open, you, 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 you tell everybody your sins because everything's out in the open. There's no more secrets. Lewis got a couple secrets. You know? <laughs> he's now, I, I would say, he's, now he's writing in a commentary of the entire Bible at his facility. He's been doing so for, for a year or two. Uh, Roy, probably longer now, since, since before COVID. Um, he can probably quote you the best sermon, quote you every Bible verse. Again, so can an atheist. You know, it's that truly forgiveness of your sins. It has Lewis Lent, the pedophile, even though he's writing a Bible commentary, has, is he has fruit. Has his heart changed? Because if your heart is changed, you give up all the bodies. You know, there's no reason to hide. You know, because you've been forgiven for God's eyes. That, that's, I mean, that's just the hard part. Forgiven for being a pedophile. You can't, they'll mention a pedophile. But no. If you were, again, you were a businessman who never did anything wrong in your life, you know, as far as committing a crime, well, you're going to the same hell as pedophiles go to. So we can judge people. If they, and it's good. I mean, they're, they're these horrible crimes. But guess what? They're going to the same place that was prepared for the devil and his angels, according to the Bible. So we can judge, but we've got to be mindful. Well, guess what? You're going to the same place. The Bible doesn't really get into levels of hell. It's eternal. It's not like, you know, oh, I, I can't wait to go to hell and hang out with Ozzy Osbourne and everybody else and blah, blah, blah. It's going to be great. No. We're not talking about a weekend of, you know, crappy weather. You know? <laughs> no, we're talking about a place where the fire never dies. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, eternal suffering. These are the words, you know, you, lake of fire. This is not Disneyland, ladies and gentlemen. And it's not for a weekend. It's not for a week. It's not for 10 years. It's not for a thousand years. It's eternal. It means it never stops. 
total separation from God in a torturous way where the worm never dies. And, and so it's not a happy place. You know, it's not Sesame Place, <laughs> to say the least. So there does have to be that change of heart. Now, can you tell that from letters and phone calls like I do in my book? Um, again, I tried. Uh, and I give you know, not only say my opinion, maybe my opinion a little bit, but I really wanted the leader, the, the reader, leave it up to them uh, what their opinion is. Uh, but Louis Lent, eh, I don't think so. Um, there's many more I, w- I would have included. Um, and I might do maybe like a part two. Um, we got uh, Wild Bill Holbert, you know, in a Panamanian prison. I have to get him on the podcast also. Um, he's done some stuff for me on TikTok and. And a few other things. I might have had him on a podcast earlier on from, from different questions. I think one of my first ones, he might have been on there. Um, but I had to send him questions, and he had to send me answers separately. So I'd like to have him on live. That would be that'd be really cool. Um, but he's a chaplain at his place. You know, and you follow him on social media. Well, is he? Is he a Christian? And we can, we can talk about him. Again, Pamela Smart, maybe. Um, but most people that I talk to now I claim to be Christian. So we'll see. Um, again, I just wanted this podcast because I get so many requests for my book, you know, the serial kills in heaven, victim is hell, victims in hell, uh, why I reach out to them. Um, uh, what about the victims? That's like my first chapter. What about the victims? I say, that's not where I think I'm led to be. You know, I'm here to encourage the worst of the worst. You know, that's again, it's not the healthy to need a doctor, but the sick, um, going to, the ungrateful into the evil. That's who I'm, I'm. I'm the doctor going to the sick, sick. Now, technically, like I said, we're all evil. We're all sick. I'm going to the sickest. It's like a doctor who has a choice. Okay, you can treat the person who has the sniffles, or do you want to do open heart surgery today? I'm going for the open heart surgery today. Um, now, there's other people who are called to the victims. You know, I'm not strong on the amputee department. You know, unless it's a dog. You know, don't, don't, don't hear about a sick dog, a wounded dog. I can't do that. I had to put two dogs down, you know, from old age, one one from you know, cancer and one from just old age. That's still, you know, you know, lost my dad too, but that's the worst days of my life. You know, we can't be talking about dogs and animals. Um, humans, you know, empathy, I'm not really the strongest for that. So maybe that's why I got this brain because I, I can reach out to the worst of the worst and not be affected by their past. You know, where other people who are very strong in empathy, they're going right to the victims. And wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Again, they need um, encouragement, you know, just like anybody else, maybe even more. But that's just not what I think I'm called to encourage. You know, I'm going for the heart surgeon. You know, I'm going for the heart surgeon. You might go for the sniffles. You know, both are vitally important. Both need help. Both need encouragement. Uh, that might have just been a horrible analogy. I don't know. I'm just I'm winging this whole thing on the top of my head. Um, but you know what I mean. You know, but I think it's because I'm not strong on the empathy department that I can reach out to the quote-unquote worst of the worst. Um, but other people are called to the victims. Again, that's just as, just as important, maybe even more important. Um, not just for a faith aspect of it, but just they need encouraging too. Um, I mean, it's certainly a lot more uh, than zero colors as far as you want to look at it that way. Uh, but I don't know. That's what I do. Um and I guess to wrap up, um, maybe I should have said it in the first place, but when you think, oh, I don't believe any of this. Now, I think if you murder somebody, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. Well, okay, if you believe that, that's fine. I'm not trying to convince you. I'm just trying to give you a foundation of what the Bible says. And my views 
um, of serial killers are. And when someone a serial killer says they're a Christian, at least you have kind of something to go by, something to gauge and to, to kind of judge it by. Um, but if you're definitely not convinced by this or you're not a Christian, you're not even religious at all, okay, that's cool. I guess I'm not trying to convince you of nothing. Um, but I will say Moses – I don't. Well, let's go back. Uh, yeah, we'll start with Moses. I don't think you're going to get an argument to say that Moses is not in the kingdom of heaven. You're like, where's Moses in the kingdom of heaven? Well, guess what? Moses murdered, cold-blooded, an Egyptian. Murdered him. Egyptian was doing a little, you know, uh, didn't, didn't do something right in Moses' eyes, treating people unfairly. What did Moses do? Whack. Whacked him. Threw him in the trunk of his car. Went and buried him in a desert. <laughs> Moses was a murderer. King David. King David was looking at him, married, looking out the window, seeing a little Bathsheba out there, little bikini top, shaking out. Hey, what'd he do? She was married. He was married. He's the king. He says, I want that. Husband was out fighting in the war. What'd he do? He made sure his husband went to the front of the line in battle and basically had his her husband killed at his hand had him killed you know david was a murderer and an adulterer but david did a lot of bad things but guess what you're not gonna go argument to say king david is in the kingdom of heaven how about a guy named saul saul of tarsus go read about that dude at the beginning of the book of acts you know, get the, the gospel, Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, about the life of Jesus, Acts, what happened after Jesus died, how the church started, and then the letters that mostly Paul written to the churches over, you know, over the um, course of the, the known world at the time. Um, Saul of Tarsus, uh, a Jew, leading Jew, devout Jewish person, his job was to exterminate Christians, the sect, the way, as they called them, the Christians back then, the way. Um, they did call them Christians too. I think that first started with like Antioch or something like that. I forget. But he was the first person who killed a Christian at his hand, well, as his hands. You know, he had a, a Stephen was stoned, stoned to death at his feet. And once you're throwing those final stones, you know, stones at him to crush his skull, would lay their, their, their cloaks at the foot of Saul as he stood. In fact, Saul was on his way to kill more Christians. His owner's called this road to Damascus to go wipe out some more Christians. Well, get who met him, guess who met him on the way? The baby Jesus. You know, Jesus had been resurrected at that point as far as the story goes, but it was basically the baby Jesus met him. Um, people are terrified of Saul. They're terrified of Saul. Saul of Tarsus. He was like the, the evil boogeyman. Saul's going to get you, you know, if you're a Christian. They would hide out and secretly do churches because if Saul got you, you're going to be killed, you know. And guess what? Saul became a Christian. And imagine him walking in your church service. You know, thinking like, you know, the guy you're terrified the most of shows up at your house. Hey, I'm teaching today. Ooh. And you think he's going to kill you. It took a lot of convincing. A lot of convincing. Even to his own dis- original disciples, like Paul you know, or Saul. Saul of Tarsus. Well, guess what? Jesus changed his name to the Apostle Paul. Now, all of the bodies under Paul. You know, Saul of Tarsus, before his name changed to the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament. Ah, if you murder and kill somebody, you're not getting the kingdom of heaven. Paul's in. Moses is in. King David's in. Hell, Peter chopped off some dude's ear when they tried to arrest Jesus. He was swinging for the fences himself. He's in. 
So yes, according to the scripture, serial killers can enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, so again, if you want to go more, you know, read my book, Serial Killers in Heaven, Victims in Hell, I go into a lot more detail. I really, I give about 10,000. I don't say anything without backing it up by scriptures. So again, this is not a how-to book. Um, this isn't even a how-to podcast. Um, but in, although I'll give you a couple scriptures today. It's mostly just, uh, again, an overview. I get, I don't say anything without quoting a Bible verse just to back up what I'm saying. Again, you don't have to believe it, but at least you know, okay, this is what this religion's book says. So if they say they were a Christian, now at least you have a foundation. Oh, are they? Let me go to Keith's book and read this up. Let me go to the Bible and read this up. Oh, the Bible says this, this, this. Well, that don't line up to what you just said. <laughs> you know, you know the, the, the letter, you just, the interview I just saw, you know, from you talking about this and that. I mean, well, at least you have kind of a gauge. Uh, maybe I debunk some myths for you. Um, but I guess that's about it. I just, you know, wasn't sure exactly what I was going to say. Lord, I just don't. I've been doing this for, for many, many years, you know, not just talking about Christianity and for people in, in prisons, but I, I get questions all the time. He asked me, can a serial killer really go to heaven? Um, so I wanted to do a podcast specifically about that. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, again, check out my book on Amazon, or if you want to sign copy uh, with a David Berkowitz uh, pamphlet, uh, it was sent directly to me from him, message me, uh, and I'll show you how, I'll tell you how I can get one of them. I can mail that out to you. Or just go on Amazon and check out the book. Also, check out the story of you and you, Masaki. Maybe I'll have him on again one day. He, he stopped taking his medication, unfortunately, so he's not doing phone calls right now. Uh, not really allowed on anything right now. He can do email. Talk to him email. Um, but again, he's like a schizophrenic, psychotic. So when he's off his medication, you can imagine the emails that I'm getting. You <laughs> can imagine what they're saying right now. Uh, it's, it's a little while. Um, but anyway, uh, next week I might, uh, I think I'm going to have Robert Bardo. hope you enjoyed the podcast with Robert Bardo. Um, part two is coming up. Uh, it was already done. I was going to do it this week, but no, I'm going to hold off a little week. So I want to talk about this, um, where Robert Barter really, uh, gets into empathy. Can he feel empathy? Is he capable of feeling empathy? Um, you know, he says he feels bad for the victims, but when I really get into it, I was like, but can you feel empathy? You know, cause I, I, people can describe what empathy is like. People can have the right answers. But do you feel it? Are you, you telling me that from head knowledge or from heart knowledge? Kind of like Christianity in a sense. Are, are you telling me this from your head because you read a couple of scriptures? Or how are you a change in your heart? It's like seeing your favorite movie. Oh, you just can't help talk about Christianity because it's like your favorite movie. I just can't help talking about it. I got to talk. I got to talk, 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 talk. Or you just memorize a couple lines from a movie. So Robert Barr to be coming up. Uh, Keith Jesperson, we got the last couple of victims that we're going to talk about with him. Um, two more podcasts with him. Uh, Wesley Shermantin, uh, one of the Speed Free Killers, is going to be coming up soon to start talking to him on the phone, which is great. Uh, talking to a few other, Paul Dozero, William Howell. Um, we're too keen on doing the podcast that I just started talking to them on the phone, although um, we'll see, fingers crossed. And anything else you want me to talk about, whether it be just by myself or any other guest, let me know. I'll certainly reach out to them. Uh, again, not just your colors. I'm reaching out to you know, I had a criminologist on the show. I'm uh, trying to get a, a couple lawyers on who had defended serial killers uh, and kind of maybe some psychologists too. Uh, so we're going to branch out a little bit. We'll see. Um, but this wouldn't be possible without your support. Uh, so please, whatever platform, Spotify, Amazon Music, whatever it is, uh, like it, share it. Most importantly, share it. Get the word out. Spread the news. 
know, so we got the good news. What's it called? The, the gospel of Christianity. Yeah, I got to spread the good news of the podcast. I mean, come on. There's a lighter side of serial killers. You got to spread the love. All right. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope it was uh, informative. Again, I hope you didn't think it was too preachy. It wasn't a how to become a Christian kind of a thing. Um, as far, as far as reaching to you, the audience, I just had the latest foundation of what it means and how to become one. So when you look at serial killers and listen to serial killers or any violent offenders or anybody for that matter, at least you kind of have a foundation of, oh, they're full of crap because I, I, now I know what the Bible says. And you ain't no Bible. You know, <laughs> you Looney Tunes. <laughs> You're the last thing from baby Jesus. You know, that's, <laughs> that's it. And uh, thank you. I hope I debunk some myths about it. Again, I'm not making this up. I'm just pulling from the Bible. If you don't believe it, that's fine. But at least you know what the book says. You know, you could have picked any religion. This is the one I just happen to know the most. All right, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, see ya. <laughs>